There is no fear, cause I believe. There is no doubt, cause I have seen your faithfulness. My fortress, over and over. I have a home found in your name. I have a strength found in your grace. Your faithfulness, my fortress, over and over. Make way through the
Welcome to our Wednesday night midweek Bible study. I'm so glad that you have joined us. I want to say hello to all of our church members and I want to say hello to everyone watching us online. We are so thankful that you have joined us. I want to just tell you what a great uh, series this has been so far. And this week we are going to complete our series on standing firm and loving well. Uh, Brother Grace did a great job last week on standing firm, and, and today we are going to cover loving well. We covered the Babylon mentality, and we also covered grace and truth. If you missed those, you can go back and see those. Uh, they are on our channel and YouTube, and they're also in our uh, Facebook Live uh, videos, so you can check that out. We have been discussing over this month, we have been discussing how we can be more like Jesus in our current culture. And so I want to take just a few moments and I want us to go into the Word of God and we're going to talk about that. But let me just remind you that we don't have to choose between standing firm or loving well. In fact, Jesus himself encourages us and was an example to us in how we can do both. So you don't have to choose standing firm and loving well. You can do both. Uh, I would say that uh, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6, it tells us this, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Did you get that? The only thing that counts, everybody say the only thing, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So as we discussed, our faith is vital. We have to have faith, especially in the times that we're living in right now, especially in this day and age. We have to have faith and we have to stand firm. But the Bible tells us that we are supposed to do everything through love. That's the only way that it counts. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't count any other way. It doesn't work any other way. The church has not always gotten that right. And I'm not going to bash the church here. I love the church. I'm thankful for the church. I grew up in, in a great church. I uh, have been around several great churches. But I, I will tell you that uh, as a whole, there have been some churches that have not gotten the love part right. And I know that you can never uh, change in your life what you won't challenge. I'm not trying to say that you uh, can't challenge things. You should challenge things, especially in your own life. But it doesn't always work that way in our sphere of influence and the people that we uh, are talking to and the people that we are trying to reach for Jesus. Here's a statement that I heard recently that is changing my life. And uh, I want you to get this. I want you to put this down. We cannot antagonize and influence at the same time. Did you get that? We cannot antagonize and influence at the same time. Uh, we have got to realize that the way that we treat people, the way that we interact with people, it matters. Amen. The Bible tells us it matters. Jesus shows us that it matters. In fact, I would go on to say, somebody said this before, but I will, I will restate it. You can't win your enemies to Jesus. So don't have enemies. Uh, and some people say, well, they were my enemy. No, we just work hard at not having enemies. We, we work hard at loving people and going the extra mile. Jesus was so very good in his time uh, on earth at not making enemies. He rarely got into anybody's face. He rarely called people out. But the few times he did, I want you to notice they were religious leaders. And one time uh, Jesus said this, 
And he was kind of, he was talking to the religious leaders and he says, you know, I know that this has been in your Bible and I know the scriptures that you, you know, you script the scriptures that you already have and that you already know, but maybe you've just ignored this. So let me, let me state it to you again. And that's what Jesus did in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Jesus said it to them like this. He said, a new command I give you. Now, this wasn't really a new command that Jesus was giving them. They, they knew it, but they just didn't really get it. So he was saying, hey, this, is, this may sound like a new command, but it's really not. And he said, love one another. He said, love one another as I have loved you, so you must also love one another. That's a powerful love, how he has loved us, right? So he says, that's the way that we have to love one another. And then he even goes on to say this. This is so uh, mind boggling. He says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Amen. So love is so important. Love is so vital. And truth, we understand truth is essential. We are not getting away from this book. We are not getting away from the word of God, from the message of the gospel. But God says it will not even matter. It will not even make a difference if we don't share this truth in love. Jesus wants us to have love as our greatest aim, as our greatest motivation, and when it comes to interacting with people, love has to be our highest goal. If you want to know about love the Bible way, then you've got to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And that is the love chapter. And if you haven't looked at it for a while, I, I challenge you, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 right now. Because this is what 1 Corinthians 13 is all about. This is what Jesus is saying, and this is what our whole uh, teaching is about tonight. Without love, all I say is ineffective. Without love, everything that I have to say is ineffective. And you might say, oh, but pastor, I'm right. <laughs> yes, but no one likes hearing you talk, so they aren't even listening. Right doesn't matter. You know, just think about it. Right does not matter if you're not winning people's hearts with your love for them. You can be right all day long and not win one single person. You can have the truth. There's a lot of people in history that have had the right. They knew the truth. They knew what was right. But they were very ineffective in reaching people with the gospel and reaching people with Jesus' love. Why? Because we live in such a toxic culture. What, what a toxic culture that we live in. Read, read this with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. <laughs> That's pretty bad, right? Nobody likes that resounding gong, that clanging cymbal just over and over and over. It gets so old after a while. And we live in a toxic culture today that has glorified opinion. Just think about it. Now, if people disagree, they've got to they've got to hate each other. They've got to start spitting out and posting out all sorts of garbage and negativity towards the person that they are, are against or the person that they disagree with. This is the, the scripture is so powerful. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, if I say if I know all the right things to say but I don't do it 
in love. Social media and politics in our world, uh, they have fed this so much. Like if you disagree with some man that, you know, the Republicans hate the Democrats, Democrats hate the Republicans, and, and so many people on social media, they're against this and they're against that. And I'm sick, I'm so sick of people being against everything. I'd like for us to talk more about what we're for. And the church should be different in this way because we have the love of Jesus shed abroad in our hearts. Do you know how tired I am of seeing churches and people and church people uh, and pastors and preachers that, that are tearing each other apart on social media? It is appalling. How in the world are we going to reach people with love if all we can do is tear one another down? If all we can do is tear one another apart and talk about, well, this person isn't safe because they don't do it like I do it. This person isn't right because they don't believe it like I believe it. The amount of negativity and hate, and I'm calling it out right now, the, the, the amount of negativity and hate that comes out of people who are supposed to be characterized by agape love, the love of God. We wonder why they don't want to hear what we have to say. Well, maybe because we've got a problem with how we're showing love. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 15, New Living Translation, it says, Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. We will speak the truth in love. We will grow every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And then if you go over to verse 29 in Ephesians chapter 4, it says this uh, in the King James. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Uh, but that which is good to the use of edifying. In the New International Version, it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those. How's it going to, what's it going to do? Benefit those who listen. I know not everybody's going to listen. I know not everybody's going to hear what you have to say, but if you're speaking it out in hate and you're speaking it out in vengeance and you've got wrath coming out of your mouth and bless God, they're going to hell if they don't believe it. You know what? Some people won't even want to listen to what you have to say. I would just encourage you. Some of you, you need to take this verse, Ephesians 4, 29. You need to put it on a three by five card. You need to put it somewhere that you're going to see it and memorize this verse. You need to read it before you go on social media because the same principle of posting applies. Don't let any corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Don't let any corrupt communication come through your keyboard onto the social media outlets. Make up your mind right now. I will only speak and I will only post what is helpful and what builds others up. I won't take time to just tear everybody apart and tear everybody down and talk and speak negatively all the time. Because all the truth that I have is insignificant if I don't speak it in love. So all I know is insignificant. All I know is insignificant. It really doesn't matter how much you know without love. Knowledge, the scripture tells us, knowledge is increasing more than ever before. Uh, and it, it talks about how uh, people are ever increasing in knowledge, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Now they say that knowledge is doubling in our society. Not, knowledge doubles every three years. So I, I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but we're getting smarter. 
We're, we're, we're getting more knowledge. Our phones are getting uh, so much more technology wise and so much smarter. We got smartphones getting smarter. Right. They, they kind of predict what you're going to say. They kind of predict what you're going to type. They, they, they know all these things we got. We're getting smarter and our phones are getting smarter, but our world is getting worse. How exactly does that work? First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse verse number two. I want you to look at it with me. It says, if I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. So all that I know is insignificant. And guess what? I'll go even further than that. Without love, all that I believe is insufficient. Everything that I believe is insufficient if I don't have love. But, but pastor, wait a second. I believe in Jesus. I have faith in Jesus. Doesn't that matter? Doesn't that count for something? Well, I, you know, according to the word of God, you might say, well, I, I believe that there's only one God. I have the truth. <laughs> What I believe is the right thing, and it's biblical, Pastor. And you're right. But without love, it doesn't matter. Because the devils, they believe that there's one God. The scripture says, the scripture tells us that the devil believes. The demons are aware. They believe, they know that there's only one God. So just because you know that there's only one God, just because you believe that there's only one God, James 2 and 19 says, thou believest that there is one God, you do well. But the devils also believe and tremble. So it, it doesn't save the devil. It doesn't help him to be any better. You've got to have love. You've got to have the love of God shed abroad in your heart. And the scripture is very plain on this. First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse two. If I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love or I do not have love, I am nothing. If I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, the scripture says I'm nothing. I can have faith. I can believe. I can know. But if I don't have love, doesn't matter. And all I know without, without love, all I give is insufficient. I want to just say that I'm so thankful for the generosity of this church. This church has gone on a mission trip each year for the past three years. We were planning to go on another one this year. Uh, it may not happen because of the virus and, and everything that's going on, but the Crossroads is a giving church. We give, and, and, and I'm so thankful for the givers that we have. We have so many great givers in our church. Uh, we give to our community, not just through funds, but also through support and through time. And, and I want to just say to those of you right now that are listening, you, you are making a difference in the CASA program, and you are making a difference in Feeding America and in the North Harden Rehab Center. You are making a difference in our schools and the public places that you are active, and I, I just want to say thank you for uh, being a part, and thank you for doing your part. I, I, I know that we give, and, and the generosity of this church is really astounding. A few years ago when there was a need, this church stepped up to house the homeless, and I'm so thankful that this church gets it. I'm so thankful that we have people who realize that it's not in the amount that you give or that you are giving. It is the love as your motivation, the love being the motive for why you give. Because according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if I give everything, verse 3, if I give all I possess, the King James says, if I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, if I give everything I possess to the poor, 
it really is going to amount to nothing because all that I give, it's, it's insufficient if I don't have love. All I accomplish is inadequate without love. Most people value accomplishment, but one day we will all stand before the Lord. And I'm not saying that you won't make it into heaven, but I, I do know that uh, what we do matters because you'll stand before the Lord and the scripture is very clear that you will receive rewards, rewards based upon what you have done for Christ. And if you have done things for Christ, if you have, have given and you have done, but you didn't do it in love, then basically it's all going to be wiped out. Because when you stand before God, it will be about what did you do in love? Whatever was done with the wrong motives is going to be disregarded. It won't even matter. So life, my life minus love equals nothing. It, it equals zero. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 3, it tells us, If I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, then I gain nothing. I want you to think about what you do in showing love and how you show love every day. What is it that you're doing? What is it that you're uh, showing love? How is it that you are allowing love to permeate your life and those that you have influence with? Let's read on in verses 4 through 8 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And I want everybody to say these last three words with me. Love never fails. Love never fails. That's why we've got to be a church that loves well. That's why we've got to be a people that loves well. One of the great examples that we see of this in Daniel is in Daniel chapter 6. And we begin reading at verse 1. It says, It, it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps uh, to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them. One of them was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. So it, uh, these... these uh, Political leaders were put in so that the king wouldn't suffer loss. And, and Daniel got into the mix. And, and the scripture says that Daniel so distinguished himself among these administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king, get this, planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Why? Because Daniel was doing well at loving well and standing firm. And the the the. Scripture goes on to tell us at this, because he was getting ready to be set over the whole kingdom, the administrators and the satraps, they tried to find grounds for Daniel, for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They were looking for something. Anybody can relate to that today. They were looking for something that they could pick at Daniel about. And this is what the scripture says. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Wow, that is a great testimony. Amen. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel. Wow. You can only control what you, can, what you have the possibility of doing. There's many things in life and, and things that happen to you that you have no control over. And that's hard for most of us control monsters, right? We like to be in control of everything. We like to have a say in everything. 
So even though you can't control everything, there are some things that you can do. There are some things that you can do, and, and I want to give you a few things that you can do, and you can start these things tomorrow. You can love well starting right now. The first thing that you can do is you can serve them. Serve people. Make sure that you are serving them. Bring in uh, donuts for people. Do something kind for people. Show them kindness. Show them love. 1 Corinthians 9.19 says, Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. You know, Jesus did this. He became a servant, the Bible says. He humbled himself and he became a servant. And we are supposed to be like Jesus. We're supposed to do what Jesus said. He, Jesus could have condemned everyone, but he condemned no one. I want you to think about that. He could have condemned everybody. He could have told everybody that they were on their way to hell, but he didn't condemn anybody. Jesus connected before he corrected. Jesus always made sure that he made connections with people before he corrected their way of living. I would like to ask you, how do you connect to people relationally? If you're not, you should start right now. Ask questions. <laughs> ask them questions. Follow up with them. Be a part of their life. Jesus connected with Zacchaeus before changing his life. He comes and Zacchaeus is up in the tree and he says, hey, buddy, come on down. I want to have lunch with you. Amen. And that's why so many times I like to have coffee with people. I like to have dinner with somebody. Why? Because it was after Jesus' lunch with Zacchaeus that there was a change in his life. We've got to be connecting with people, especially now, however we can. And then you don't, I'm not asking you to share the church with them and say, hey, would you go to the crossroads with me? Would you join my crossroads online family? No, share Jesus with them. Amen. So uh, the second thing that you can do and you can start today, you can start right now is set an example for people, set an example for them. This is discipleship at its best. We start way before people even come to church with us. Discipleship starts when we get to know people, when we're uh, getting to understand them and they're getting to understand us. What if people could see Jesus in you every day? What would take place in their life? The scripture says in Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? We've got to stay salty, people. Amen. It's no longer good for anything if it's not salty except to be thrown out and trampled by men. And then he says, you are the light of the world. Light doesn't just make things better. Light makes things brighter. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. They put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone that's in the house. And Jesus says this in the same way. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven. What a, what a powerful statement that Jesus makes about us, about the church and how we are to love. We're supposed to be salt. We're supposed to be light. I would say to you, it's this simple. The greatest influence that we can have on our world is how we live our lives. I want you to look at your neighbor and say how you live your life. Reach out to that person who's got popcorn next to you and slap them, knock the popcorn out of their hand and say, our lives, that's the way we make a difference. Our lives don't have to be perfect. They just need to be better. And we'll talk about how we can do that. The third thing that I would suggest to you in loving well that you can do right now is you can share Jesus. You can share Christ with them. If you love well, the good news is you're going to have opportunities to share Jesus. If you love well, the door is going to be open for you to share some of your testimony, to share what Jesus has done in your life. First Peter 
verse, uh, chapter 3, verses 15 and 16 says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And guess what it says? Always be prepared to give an answer. I want to say on that a, a second. To give an answer to everyone that asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. That, that, that verse is telling us, uh, it's very simple. You wait for people to ask you questions, and when people start asking you questions because of the love of Jesus that they see in your life, be ready to give them an answer, but then do it with gentleness and respect. Everything that we do speaks volumes. Everything that you say is going to be worthless if you're not saying it in love. Everything that you do in your life is going to be worthless if you don't do it in love. What is your motivation? St. Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Get that? Preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. How I act is so much more important than what I say. How I act is more important than anything that I have to say. And so today as we close, for some of us, I, I would say that this is the problem. The problem is we can't just fix this by acting better. We can't just become a better Christian just by putting on a good act and, you know, fixing a few little notches here and there, you know, reading more and, and praying more and giving more and uh, uh, witnessing more. It, that's not how it fixes. We love because Christ first loved us. And so what needs to get fixed, and I talked about it on Sunday, but what needs to get fixed is our love for Jesus and our relationship with him. We need to receive the love of Jesus into our lives first before we're able to act like and be like Jesus. The scripture says that God showed his love for us in that while we were yet sinners at our very lowest point, before he, he didn't say, now wait a second, I want to know before I die on the cross, is somebody going to give their life to me? No, he went ahead and died while we were yet sinners. The scripture says that Christ died for us. You are loved. I want to tell you today, you are loved. And in order for you to love like Jesus, you've got to receive his love into your life. There's no two ways about it. There's no way to get around it. If you're going to love, you've got to love well and you've got to be like Jesus. The only way to be like Jesus, the only way to love well is to have his love shed abroad in your heart. If you've never repented of your sins, if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and if you've never received his spirit, that's where you need to start right now. Start by turning from your way. Start by turning from doing all the things that you want to do and let God have a chance to work in your life. Let God have a chance to change and to shape you and to make you who he wants you to be. I want to just encourage you right now to take time to pray and ask God, God, help me if there's a problem in my life and I'm not loving you the way that I should. Let me just get back to that right now. Let me just turn my face back to you and get back into a right relationship with you right now. I want to pray and I want to ask God to, to guide us back into that place and I want him to have his way in, in your life right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for the opportunity that we have to study your word. And I, I thank you, God, for what you've done in our hearts and lives through this series. And God, we want to uh, not just stand firm in truth and not just have truth and not just know the right things. But God, we want to love well. We want to uh, be full of grace and truth like you were, like Daniel was the example for us in his culture and in our
in our current difficult culture in the times that we live in right now, I pray, God, that you would speak to each and every one. And if we're having trouble loving well, if we're having trouble, God, uh, standing firm, that you would draw us closer to you again. Pull on our heartstrings once more, God, and bring us back to the place that we need to be with you. Help us, God. Don't let our love grow cold, but help us to fall in love with you again. And God, that we would focus our days and, and, and the top of our priorities would be loving you and loving others and getting closer to you and allowing your love to be shed abroad in our hearts. We thank you, God, for your word, and we thank you for what you're doing. God, we praise you today for what you are about to do. And Lord, we look forward to your soon return in Jesus' name.
God bless you so much. Thank you for being with us. And uh, we are so excited. We have got some things that are in the works. We're excited about what we're getting ready to reveal. Uh, we hope to be back to in-person services very soon. And I want you to stay tuned to, to find out more about that. Uh, but for now, continue to worship with us online. Continue to give and be faithful and connect with us when we have our Zoom meetings and we, we have our small groups in Zoom. Uh, make sure that you stay connected. Love well. Stand firm and love well. And we can do that. And God is going to help us make the difference. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We look forward to seeing you this Sunday. May God bless you.